welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. Today's chat is with Nick Corsiba at Pryor in Thornbury. Pryor is a huge, pastel, cathedral ceilinged wonder of a cafe on High Street. It has a log burner in the middle for cosy winter days, a courtyard out the back for the warmer weather, and a delicious menu every day of the week. Nick has been in the game for 20 years, but still speaks with passion about the food he's preparing. His former boss, Shane Delia, has spoken highly of Nick's work as head chef at Maha, where he was for a number of years, while also running Greenfields, an events venue in Albert Park. Nick is not scared of hard work but he's worked towards a more sustainable approach which allows him to spend more time with his wife and three children. I love that. Hello. Hello. Hi Nick, nice to meet you. you. I'm Joe. Hi. I'm Joe. Yeah, good, thank you. How are you going? I think today was a busy day. Oh, it was, yeah. It's always busy. I need to do, yeah. you know. So I record this and then okay. I type it up and then I also use it for a podcast. So just okay. to let you know so that. So you edit it all out, swearing words and all that. No, I don't usually. Depends <laughs> how. Yeah, okay. How many you use. Yeah. <laughs> how do you say your surname? Uh, Corsiba. Corsiba, yeah. great. No. I watched your video actually and I was like, I've got to remember that. And then I was like, oh, I've actually forgotten how you say that. But yeah, yeah. So I did watch your video of the, the Greenfields um video where you're making lamb or oh yeah, yeah. that was ages that feels like ages ago yeah. yeah yeah so you must be really busy have you still got you're still involved still with green that, yeah i'm a partner there and i've I, well i started consulting here for these guys and you know we became you know pretty close so yeah yeah so there's a lot lot going on here too yeah that's um, right i was getting a bit bored a bit stale then and open up something else yeah amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah this is a beautiful space like. yeah it is yeah they've done really good yeah yeah, yeah. and um i was reading you know broadsheet and um and delicious and all these people that, that write about you and yeah. um and they were saying how you're doing like these really upgraded brickies <laughs> is that how you <laughs> yeah how do you describe what you do um oh, i actually just trying to do um cafe food but with you know fine dining techniques but done simpler if that makes sense mm. So no, no cowboy kind of, you know, antics. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> it is a better lifestyle in, and it only sounds funny, in cafe. Yeah. Like, you know, I've done a lot of time in fine dining. It's, you know, I, I, I like that part of the craft, but it, the hours are tough. Yeah. You know, I've got three kids now. And, wow. you know, managing all that was, it got, there's another way. And, you know, like a place like this, just an Ahmed, you know, they want to do, you know, award-winning architecture. You know, cafes have gone to another yeah, level. Well, it was really interesting yeah. that you say that because I just had a chat um, to another chef, um, Ryan Berry, over at Norton's in Parkville, oh, yeah. and we had that same conversation about um, how, you know, like in the past, because my big analogy is that in, like, when I was growing up, film stars were the, the big thing and TV stars were kind of like the lesser actors, yeah. whereas nowadays, like, everyone wants to be in a TV show. So I think true. it's the same with the like, cafes and restaurants, like, yeah. you know. And, and he said, um, you don't see people lining up for fine dining. Yeah. Like, people line up to go to That's cafes. So true. Yeah. So true. But it, it brings that added challenge of you're doing um, really interesting food with um, good product, yeah. but you have to have it under a certain price in a cafe. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, that, and that's the challenge, you know, I suppose, you know. Um, you know, at the start, when I started doing, when I made that transition from, you know, fine dining to cafe, I was still writing those menus for the chefs, you know. 
where now I'm, I'm actually just writing for the people. Yeah. And it's actually been better. Yeah. yeah. So you were head chef at Maha. I was, yeah. yeah. I started up with Shane. Did you? So I was a sous chef and then, yeah, and then stayed there and a uh, year and a half I was head chef. Yeah, wow. And now I'm moving on to do St. Catherine's and other stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where did it all start for you? Did you always want to be a chef? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like, because, you know, my grandma, like, food's massive in my culture, like, mum, mum's side and dad's side. So what, what culture is? Oh, so my father's Ukrainian, mum's Slovenian. So okay. I was first generation Australian, but they brought a lot of that food. Food was huge. It was always table, family, you know. Um, yeah. So I was always a part of that, and I wanted something about it. And then I started working at McDonald's you know, 15 or whatever it was, and, and I really liked the service, like, you know, the speed and whatever, and then my uncle actually, what did he do? He'd done a lot of travelling and, you know, he would just be a cook or whatever, and he started talking me some stories about chefing and whatever, and, and then it yeah, just got me, so, and then I just, like, you know, looked at some jobs and went for it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And... You know, because sometimes the idea of that can be more exciting than the reality of long hours and so on. So when you first started, where, where did you do your apprenticeship? Uh, well, first, I actually, because I'm from Geelong, I moved to Melbourne. Me and my sister got a house, um, and I was working on Ligon Street um, in Carlton at Santino's Terrace, which I don't even know if it's there anymore, crossing the park. But it was huge hours. It was like 14 hour days. It was a big shock. Um, yeah. And what was it? Do you think that kept you? hooked despite doing because when you're a young guy and you're doing long day like long nights and long hours and your mates are out partying like is that there must be something what was it that what is it that you love so much that's kept you that kept you there then and keeps you there now yeah oh i suppose the passion you know yeah and i suppose you don't know it's there until you look back to sometimes to get pushed you know how it is every job test yeah but and you know you you fall in love with it with it and fall out of love with it at times but that will that's always strong, that part, I think, yeah. Mm. There's nothing else I want to do. No. No, nah, no. Nah. Oh, if I was going to do anything, it would be landscaping or something. Because <laughs> in my spare time, that's my, you know, go-to. That's interesting, though, because that's also creative, isn't it? You've got to have a vision for that yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And so when you are thinking about, so at prior, um, it's, you know, breakfast, cafe kind of food, where, where do you start when you're creating a menu? Like, what's, what's your inspiration? Um, well, just like, it, it can be if, if I go out, you know, and I eat something and I see something, and it could be just one ingredient, you know, it can be me going to the market seeing just one ingredient, like I haven't used that for a long time. Um, yeah, and, it, and it, I just build around certain ingredients, and then there'll be a technique that I've done before somewhere, and that will come in mind, so hey, I'll do that with that. You know, to everyone, every chef I've met has got a really different process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and mine kind of just goes around ingredients as and cooking techniques, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit weird, but... Do you have particular ingredients you gravitate to, or is it whatever you see that you, that you like the look of in the market? Yeah, look, I've got my favourites for each season, like, you know, obviously autumn's mushrooms, summer's tomatoes, um, you know, winter's turn veg, like Swedes and all that, like, you know, uh, root veg, sorry. Um, but, yeah, if I've got a favourite, it would be probably summer. I love tomatoes and, yeah. Yeah. That's my thing. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing, aren't they? Yeah. And, yeah. and when you get those, and this is another thing that we often, I often talk about, is just um, when you eat seasonally, you're, eat, you're having the very best of that. It would yeah. be great if we could then just leave that for summer and go away uh, and then look forward to it. But we don't. Right. We buy it all year round and they're pretty yeah. crappy. The tomatoes you buy all year round, well, aren't that, they? That's right. And now because we're a globalised market, it's coming in from somewhere else and all that sort of stuff. 
um, which is sometimes good, sometimes bad, but um, but you hit it right in the head where before, like even my early days at Sheffield, I remember everything was kind of more structured in that way. Mm. Where now you have like, you know, I can I can do especially with Greenfields, I will do a menu once a year and it's a huge package, but the ingredients is I picked are there all year, you know. Yeah. You know I mean? was interested in that you mentioned that on the um, on the your video that you obviously made a while ago, but you just said, you know, I don't have to be constrained by local and seasonal, I've got access to everything and I thought that yeah. was a sort of an interesting idea because that that is the beauty of our global world yeah but yeah. yeah yeah things like if, if it's like cheeses and stuff like so a lot of chefs bang on about you know like local which is cool but if i can get it delivered from france and they're the cheese gods i'll get it from there you know what i mean I, yeah. I know that probably sounds wanky but um i try I think with the, things like that probably not you don't want to be getting produce probably from yeah you know <laughs> From overseas, but I think yeah, I'm, you know what I mean. Well, I'm a French like, teacher, so I'm always going to agree with you that French, French. <laughs> <laughs> French cheese is yeah. the, the best. Now the gods are making it, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the produce is amazing. You know, like you know, I've worked at a place, another place that they used to get the mushrooms flown in. You know, it's just wow. crazy in the wooden crates and all that. So yeah, it just opens your eyes, got shit, you can get everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And you talk about um, different techniques. Is that um, uh, obviously you've? Uh, how long have you been chefing? Uh, Twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So you've learnt a lot along the way yeah. and seen other people. Yeah. But do you still look at cookbooks or or Instagram or you just no, you, you go on your uh, right your repertoire? Yeah, and you know, like a lot of my I've got like some chef friends. They're always like, you know, why aren't you on Instagram? Why aren't you posting? I don't do it, but but they you know they'll show me stuff and go look at this and look at that. Like I like. Um, um, Chef's Table, that's cool, Netflix, you know, watch a bit of that, um, yeah, but yeah, I don't go to that for the inspiration of it, no. Yeah, so you were cooking, um, so you started off with Italian, yeah. and then um, Middle Eastern with Shane, yeah. uh, is there a particular, um, is what you're doing now, what, what, how would you describe that, modern Australian? Yeah, or? modern Australian, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good isn't it, yeah, it is, do anything. So, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you can pick out and, and you can, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I love eating Italian, I love eating French food, like, you know, I've done French as well, so mm. that was good, but, um, but yeah, modern Australian's pretty cool. Could you just describe some of those things, because I was reading, um, what was I reading about, maybe tell me some of the, the hot favourites at Pryor, that people, what are, what are people gravitating towards? Um, our hash, they love that, the avo mash dish uh, with the halloumi, I'm using a local guy as well for that, an artisan Greek guy, found him through the Columbaris group. And then it got flicked to me, and I've tried to use him ever since. So that's the shining light in that dish, my localized, you know. Mm. Um, the hash is, yeah, that's a, a winner. And the polenta is like probably my favorite because it's kind of more of a, um, it's almost like a fine dining plate up, you know, but really sharp. Um, and people get good comments on it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, I've done a few healthy options as well, which seem to be selling a bit more now. Mm. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I've seen that on um, the Instagram, Pryor's Instagram, so you might not be doing social media, but um, but lots of other people obviously are, and I yeah. can see on the stories of it all the customers, so you're doing Instagrammable food. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a terrible adjective, isn't it? Do, yeah. Food sh- shouldn't be Instagrammable. You're, you're doing it for the beauty of... Yeah. You find it satisfying, obviously, to plate up. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah love plating up. Yeah. It's probably, yeah, one of my favourites. Yeah, Things wow. that came later. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Greenfields is more um, of a of a like a venue, like a an event place. It's an event space. Yeah. It, was, it was always going to be that, but we had a cafe. But we just had to constantly close the cafe down for the events because mm. people, you know, pay a lot of money. So 
but the idea of the cafe was to like you know um i suppose showcase the events room so it was always you know selling itself yeah you know what i mean but it got to a point where it was just yeah, closing every weekend yeah and it served its purpose so, you know, it, that was health food which i'd never done which was like interesting as well but yeah and um oh i had a thought and now i've lost it um so you must have a lot of people working for you or you work with people yeah. <laughs> um, at Greenfields and here. Yeah. Um, that leadership role, did that come naturally to you? Because I know it's a big step up even from sous chef to head chef because you've got to manage people as well as food costs as well as food. Um, was, that an, was that easy for you to step into that, that uh, kind of role? Not really, but mm. you know, I was 25 and you know, wow. Shane's like, you're ready. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, here you are and you've got to be. So they put me in it and, you know, I've told a few chefs this story. Um, you know, when you're given that much power, you're 25, you know, I was, you think you're Gordon Ramsay and I just lost a lot of staff real quickly. Yeah. And one thing good about the Press Club group when they were good, they had a lot of structures in place and put us in management. I had a management one-on-one with a guy called Glenn Treble. Oh, sorry, yeah. And he was a ops manager really smart guy and just gave me some tools like some little key points to it and I still hang on to it now um how to manage pick your battles you know mm. it's a lot of life coaching you know it sounds funny but you know you're dealing with young people like which we've all been through a lot of this year so and then yeah I just I don't know it was I suppose it took time to answer your question yeah absolutely it took a while but but after that it was a big lesson and then everything else changed well, it must be so hard because you're under pressure, and then you, yeah. but you've got to kind of yeah manage these other people who are feeling under pressure and maybe a bit you know they haven't got the experience that you have. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a tricky one, isn't it? It is. It is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah. What would your advice be to young people who want to become chefs? Um, oh, hang in there for one. Don't give up. You know, because it will test you at times. Depending, I think in all facets of cooking, you know, but people, you know, they want it. They want it and they want it now. Like, so it's demanding, it's, you know, but it also has good points and rewarding, you know, rewarding points too. Um, you know, I grew up in kitchens, so from a young man to what I am now. But yeah, it's been good to me. Yeah. So yeah, I want to give back. And I think it's an important point you made before about choosing to, you know, you've got a family now, so there's about that sustainability of staff and, and people as well, isn't it now? Yeah. It's beca- and it's become really important here that, you know, staff don't work too, you know, too many hours and, yeah. and well-being's become much more... Oh, huge. ...in yeah. a chef's practice So as true. Well. Yeah, mm. it has. And I've watched that change too. Mm. That's probably the biggest change. It feels like the industry's growing up now a little bit. Yeah. You know? And, and I, yeah, I, I think it's, it was due for that, you know? Yeah. 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 Thank you. Lovely yeah. to talk oh, to you. you too. <laughs> yeah. That was easy. Good. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.